Welcome back, everybody. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin. Josh is hanging out with me today, and we got a ton to get into, a ton to talk about. Probably at the forefront of a lot of people's minds. Uh, I, I just, we're not going to spend a ton of time on it, but like, <laughs> I felt like it was important to start talking about it on this episode is the shenanigans that's going on right now with Liberty Safe. I know a bunch of people have Liberty Safes, I, they're just like a name brand in the industry. Um, and if you guys don't know what we're talking about, uh, there was somebody who was basically being indicted for the January 6th protests. His home was raided by the FBI and Liberty Safe basically gave like some backdoor combination code or something or master code over the phone. Yeah. To, o- over a phone call, over the phone call to the FBI agents to get into his gun safe. Yeah. Um, and th- so here's the fucked up part is that Liberty released a statement saying that there was a warrant issued. And then there was like an independent news media outlet that reported that there was no outlet or sorry, there was no uh, warrant. <laughs> so then now today, this is September 7th. Uh, I believe it was today. We were seeing the post, right? that they've now changed their policy at Liberty where you can like send them a form or an acknowledgement basically. And they'll wipe your information and code or something from their database or something. I don't, I have such trust issues that I don't even want to believe that they would actually do that, but you know, it's in writing, you could take them to court. So I think it's legit. Yeah. I'm just, I I have trust issues. So, well, and I mean, you look at the court expenses too. I mean, like, how much money are you going to spend? And you're probably still going to lose. I mean, Liberty's not the largest company in the world, but they're pretty name brand, right? In the world of safes. I'm not too savvy on it. They're kind of like the Glock of safes, right? Um, You see them in a lot of stores, right? Yeah. You see them a lot. Um, And they're a step up from the the cheaper heavy duty safes. mm -hmm. I don't want to say, I mean, there's still a couple of The ones you get from like Harbor Freight or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just something to think about. You know, it's one of the things like a lot of guys have safes. A lot of guys don't for different reasons. If you don't have kids, maybe you're like less concerned with the whole safe and security thing. Um, I think there's states, states are enacting safe storage laws or something now too. So you got all that bullshit, but it's just another yeah, Gretchen. If you're listening, we have safes. We love our safes. They're locked all the time. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's just one of these things that's like makes your life harder to be a gun owner when the companies that like, Hey, you have to have a safe, because of safe storage laws. But by the way, we'll give your access out to anybody. Yeah. You know, there wasn't... It's it, not it, helping anybody. Yeah. You know, they didn't it's have just a another thing they didn't they have a subpoena. It was just like, hey, we're the FBI and we're calling you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, here, let me, we're going to we'll spill our guts for, you know, it's like, how do you expect to maintain a client base? Yeah. No, I feel like they're pretty screwed. Yeah, I mean, it's the blood that blew light up effect. fast. All I had to take was Grantham making a post about it and then they were like oh we're sorry i mean there was there was a lot of people a lot, reporting on it but the, as soon as it got out there yeah. like and you had the bigger people like you said like we'll probably see it on joe rogan tomorrow or something. yeah well yeah like mike uh coming out and then making his post or um there's in smaller like uh guns and conservative news outlets or conservative pages on instagram like it blew up in about three days i think you yeah. know so uh, you know, for whatever that's worth, you guys. I mean, we all talk about safe storage and everything, and you should safely store your firearms. We are ultimately, you know, responsible for whatever happens with them. But, um, you know, pretty, pretty big thing in the community right now. And when we talk about security and we talk about, uh, you know, OPSEC and things like that, like your your combination to your personal gun vault, I would think would probably be one of your most closely guarded pieces of information. <laughs> Um, so to know that it's, it was just that easily given up to the three letter boys, um, uh, that's, it, it, it's kind of, you know, upsetting. It's something most people would never even consider too. 
Because once you buy something and you own it, you'd think this is mine. Yeah. And you don't the cro- the thought doesn't even cross your mind that yeah it could just be given up by the people that made it yeah that quickly. It's that dude's probably screwed. Yeah, I mean that company is gonna have to. They're gonna have to be doing. I mean, if you're really not worried about it, hey, uh, I'll tell you what. Probably in the next couple of weeks here, see some pretty good sales on yeah. some Liberty safes. I didn't know uh, it was Jan Jan six related. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we watched it on the news on the day of. Does that mean we're gonna get in trouble too? I feel like everybody's. They're just finding ways yeah. to get people um, in trouble. The guy who was, I guess, I know they had a director or leader of the Proud Boys or whatever. I guess yeah. that guy just got sentenced to like twenty two years. He wasn't Jeez. even in D.C. when January sixth happened. That's what I mean. I wasn't in D.C. either. I feel like we should be careful. Yeah, I yeah. It's it's getting kind of out of hand, and you can point to all kind of historical evidence that shows what happens when you're jailing your political opponents. Um, it's just, and you know when you find out these guys are getting somewhere between fifteen and twenty two whatever twenty five years for seditious conspiracy charges, mm-hmm. but then you got people who are out there raping children getting eighteen months yeah. because of the color of their skin, and it's yeah. like, well, you know, wasn't that dude that was <laughs> the world we the front runner conservative against Gretchen before Tudor Dixon? Didn't he get? Oh, he got booed off the stage because yeah. of January six shenanigans. Yeah, I forget uh, that I guy's forget his name. And, too. Yeah, we had a. Um, gentleman running for governor here in Michigan, um, Ryan Kelly. Yeah, yeah. You're, I knew you'd be more savvy than me. Yeah, who was uh, he was he was being indicted, and that was something that his opponents threw at him and used to try. They basically cannibalized each other in the in the Republican debates here in Michigan. Um, and then Tudor Dixon was ultimately the person they they chose to to run against uh, the sitting governor Gretchen Whitmer, who we basically despise here in this state, but. Yeah, apparently don't despise enough not to re-fucking elect because she won her second term. So, you know, great for us here in Michigan. As John not... Lovell would say, yay for that. Yeah, yay for that. <laughs> it's fucking. But okay, so I digress. We're not. Uh, that's not actually what we're talking about today. It's just <laughs> we haven't even hit the ad space yet. Yeah, we we got to get to the ad <laughs> space. Be a still. great one. And then you actually have something you want to talk about today, right? We're going to be getting into some discussion. I, I, I wrote in my notes mental toughness, which is such a corny. Uh, yeah. It's such I, I I'm pers- it's kind of a military, just uh, not the uh, best way to describe a, it. It's, but it's a I think it's a, a characteristic that we're we are rapidly losing in today's world. Yeah. Um, in the in the time of instant gratification, yep. Um, and partic- you know participation trophies and you know hurt no feelings, you know. Um, yeah. Even the even the guys that are in our in in the circle that you somewhat align with i feel like we just see a lot of once the slightest inconveniences arise there's just a there's lack a lot of, of motivation yeah i'm just gonna down. give up and wait for someone to do it for me or help yeah. me or i just i'll avoid this until i have no choice yeah and it has to force a resolution my hope going into it is that i don't sound like i'm jabbing at people or just venting i want to try to no. i hope it builds people up and motivates yeah, people I mean, to do I'm hard not, things with we'll get into it but i'm, I'm honestly i'm at the point i don't care if you can't if you can't acknowledge your own shortcomings and acknowledge where we need to get better, yeah. where we need to be better personally, like that's the first step. Like I that's you know, yeah. uh I I have had to do it. Uh I, hey, I didn't like hearing that I was fat and out of shape. So I started going to the gym. <laughs> and I mean you do something about it. You just own it. Do you yeah. like yeah, there's something to be said for not liking what you're hearing. <clears throat> You know, is is that is the message wrong or are you wrong? And it's one of those things where like you just got to deal with it. But we're going to get into that, yeah, yeah. right? We're going to get into all that before before we jump in to the discussion today. The ad space because <laughs> this is a sponsored podcast. Uh, we are lucky enough to 
works with some pretty badass companies that really, really help out everything that we do here at Prepared Mindset. So first, we need to say thank you to our patrons, our Patreon patrons. Guys, if you want to help support what we're doing here, if you want access to some longer form videos, we just threw one up talking about LPVOs and offset red dots and stuff. You can head on over to our Patreon page. It's at our link tree on uh, Instagram. You can also just head on over to patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. Check out all the good stuff we got going on over there and also help support all of our efforts like the trip that we're taking next weekend out to Pennsylvania for HTA Range Day. Your guys' efforts and, and patron support is a big reason why we're able to make that all go and uh, really, really looking forward to that. Um, but additionally, a huge shout out to our partners over at Custom Night Vision. Guys, if you're looking to get into the night vision game, and, and you really should be, right? It is dark for about half of the day. You know, if you look at 24 hours in a day, 10 to 12 hours, that is nighttime. And as humans, I don't know about you, but I can't see at night. <laughs> This is where custom night vision comes in. So whether you're just dipping your toe into that pool and you're looking for, you know, a monocular unit, PVS-14, um, a, a, a Tonto housing, right? Green phosphor, white phosphor, custom night vision has a ton of options to get you guys squared away. Maybe you're looking to step in and you have a little bit more fundage. You're, you're a little bit later in life. Uh, you got a little bit better wallet going on. You want to look at a binocular setup, like some RNVGs or some 1431s, like what I'm running. They have all of that in stock, ready to go. You can go, like I said, green phosphor, white phosphor, Elbit. If you want to go for super top shelf, they have options from L3. And if you're looking to get into the, the full shebang, you need everything. They also carry helmets from Team Wendy. They carry OpsCore. They have lasers from Steiner and BE Myers. They have flashlights from ModLight and Surefire. Guys, head on over to customnightvision.com and check out all the stuff they have going on tons and tons of gear in stock to help you and i'll be honest with you guys they have probably the most competitive pricing that i've seen across the board in the market you can still for what i paid for my unit at black friday prices about twenty eight hundred dollars you can get into a tonto housing you can get into a pvs 14 for right around that right now and that's their everyday pricing that's not a sale price that's not anything special that's not a super steep you know uh, clearance discount for something that's defective. That is just, that's their pricing. Honestly, I wish I would have known about them when I was buying my first unit. I probably would have saved myself a little bit of money. Again, head on over to customnightvision.com. Check out all the housings, all the tubes they have. And if you guys have any questions, they have a built-in chat function. They are there to help you out and take good care of you. So huge thank you, Custom Night Vision, for all of their support here of the Prepared Mindset podcast. Additionally, Thank you to the team over at HRT Tactical Gear. Guys, if you're looking for nylon gear, cannot recommend HRT Tactical Gear enough. It's hrttacticalgear.com. They do plate carriers. Their arc belt line is a really, really neat design using the Tigris material, which you're starting to see in the industry more, and these guys are already on top of it. They've utilized that material for cummerbunds on their L-back carrier, like their, their belt system. Uh, they've actually started making malice clips out of this material. It's a lot thinner and more pliable and easier to use than some of those old you know, uh, like G-Watt clips that we're all running on our belts and everything. It can be a little bit tough, but it's super durable, super reliable. And once you get it set up, absolutely nothing to worry about. I run their mag pouches. I love those things. They got placards. They have back panels, tons of good options. Head on over to hrttacticalgear.com. Check it out for yourself. And a big, big shout out and a huge thank you to them for all of their support of what we're doing here. 
Thank you as well to 100 Concepts. And guys, it is September 7th, so we have officially reached the drop date of the Scope Cap Pros that they've been teasing online. I know a lot of you guys were, were waiting to get a hold of those, right? Uh, really, really good stuff going on, and there's more coming, right? They've teased their ocular caps for the PVS-14, night vision systems, all that good stuff going on. The hex caps for your red dot sights, uh, the pack scrim, the helmet scrim. So much good work coming out from the team over at 100 Concepts. Guys, support Garrett and Jonah and Pierce and everything that they're doing. Head on over to 100concepts.com or T-Rex Arms, Big Tech or Big Tech's Ordinance. Any of the sites that are carrying their gear and pick yourself up some stuff today. It is it's good gear, guys, and it's at a price point everybody can afford to help some you know solve some of the issues that everybody runs into. If you're running a weapon light, if you're running uh, LPVO, these are all things that you can benefit from and you need to address things like reflection and camouflage and signature reduction. 100 Concepts, their motto is do good, be dangerous, and live free. And finally, certainly last but not least here, thank you to LARP Labs. If you guys are looking at painting your rifle, maybe you're a little bit apprehensive about some of the gear, optics, lasers, we definitely understand. It's easy enough to tape everything off, but it still feels like there's something that you know, you're going to miss, you don't want to ruin it, or maybe you just are working with some gear that you can't paint because of agency regulations or it's going to avoid a warranty. This is where LARP Labs comes in. Head over to LARPLabs.com. They set up discount code PREPAREDMINDSET to save you 10% off your order when you go check out their Computer Cut 3M Vinyl. And guys, these wraps are tip top they're not gonna peel they're not gonna leave that you know sticky gunk and residue around the edges and they come in pretty much every pattern and color you could possibly need for your eotech optics your aimpoint vortex cloud defensive whatever you guys need again larplabs.com discount code prepared mindset will save you 10 percent off your order head on over there check it out and pick some up for yourself today big thank you to all of our partners and supporters here Without you guys, we really just would not be able to do all the things that we do, and this podcast would not be able to, I mean, do all the stuff we're doing now and all the things we have planned for the future. So huge shout-out to all those companies. <laughs> and if you're one of those people that fast-forwards past all of the ad space, shame on you. Go back and listen, because without them, there wouldn't be an us. And by us, I mean prepared mindset, just to be clear. So, <laughs> um, But, okay, so we're getting into today... We're talking about mindset and mental toughness specifically. And I would say to put, and this is a phrase I really like. I actually, um, I, I got, I bought a book a couple of years back when I was on vacation. I, think, I believe it was a former army ranger and the book was titled deliberate discomfort. Mm. And I think when you're talking about mental toughness and facing that adversity, if you can call it that, I think if that's a big word. It can even just the simple things are good for you. Well, I think you that know? we use the word adversity too often to describe just right. hardships in life. And you, I mean, you can use the word adversity, but true mm-hmm. adversity, I think, is what is experienced outside of most of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, if you live in extreme poverty or don't have access to medical care, that's, or, or you live in a country where there's war all the time, that's Stuff adversity. Stuff that's more out of your control, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And those are the people, though, that live with that and deal with that. Those are the people that have the real mental toughness. Right. Um, and, you know, putting yourself in a, a position of deliberate discomfort is the only way, in my opinion anyways, that you're going to actually develop, I think, that mental toughness. It's Some people will say they're born with it. 
I don't think you're born with it. I think it is forged throughout. Maybe you have a really shit childhood. Right. And you don't have a better way of articulating it than just saying I was born with it. You know? Um, everybody's born human. So yeah. if you're born, I mean, I think everybody's able to dig deep and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. The Everyone has that, that ability. Yeah. You're born with that same inherent capability. It comes down to what we're talking about today. That, that, that component of that mental toughness, if you're able to harness that and you're able to face down that adversity, yeah. right? Um, and we, I think, as a society, and we can talk about society as a whole. We can even talk about it in the gun community um, because it's actually, you know, put the, to put the gun community or it's funny, we're actually just uh, listening to some messages from a friend on, on social media who referred to it not as a community or as an industry. I think a lot of us want to call it an industry because we feel like we're doing something um, mm-hmm. big and it's more of an ecosystem is really what it is. We're all a lot of consumers. Um, but we see it a lot in this ecosystem is people that are relatively quick to give up when things get difficult. And I don't mean in that, well, I guess I do mean, you know, we go to run a drill and this is the easy shit, right? This is the easy shit. Oh, this drill is too hard. So I'm just not going to run this drill or I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to sit here and dry practice for a whole hour because mentally I get bored after 15 minutes. Yeah. And that's an easy example of mental toughness. Yeah. Just hold yourself there. And force yourself to get through it. I was just going to say, the simple act of doing it anyways, when you don't feel like it, is probably mm-hmm. some of the best training you'll get that night. Well, and Especially if you're tired. Yeah, I mean, that's how I got started with my gym routine. Yeah. I go four days a week, right? And yeah, I mean, there's days where I'm like, fuck yeah, I don't... That was me last night. I don't, I don't want to go. Yeah. I would rather sit here and watch Netflix or Hulu or whatever. You know, I'd rather sit here and just not do anything, play with my dog you know, fuck off, whatever. But no, you you get up, you go take care of it. Even if that means maybe you go a little bit easier at the gym. Honestly, when I have days that feel like that, I try to go a little bit harder at the gym. Mm -hmm. I I don't know why. I I don't beat it out of you. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, but I feel like I just, I get there and I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to not, I don't want that feeling. Um, because I am afraid if, you know, what happens, I mean, I don't, something I don't trust myself, but like, I don't want to put, be in my, that I don't want to be in that position where I give myself the opportunity to cave to it. Right. You know? And I just, you know, I feel like if you go real hard a couple of times, then it starts to get a little bit easier. Yep. And then you can go harder. And that's what you get. Like when you start to see growth, Yeah. like for me, like I actually have biceps now. And it's crazy. I'm, and I'm going to own this as embarrassing as this is, but for a large majority of my teenage years and early twenties, like hidden. my, <laughs> my, <laughs> um, my, my, uh, my forearms were bigger than my biceps because as a musician, all I did was drum and, and, uh, you know, uh, that was a lot of forearm muscle and yep. you, you don't do anything with your biceps. So for a long time, my, yeah, my forearms were bigger than my biceps and it was yep. actually kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but now I actually have, there's actually something there when I flex. It's, uh, it's kind of like, nice. Oh, hello. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something for me is thinking I'm going to feel better after if I just push through it and do just fucking go to yeah. the gym. Cause what is, what if I don't, I'm going to get more upset. I'm probably going to be irritable with my wife and then I'm going to go to bed 
mm-hmm. a fat piece of shit that's just mad at myself even more. It's a vicious cycle because I don't want to go or I'll be well, and you I'm also... exhausted at the end of a work day, you know, yeah. playing with the baby. Like, God damn it. The last thing I want to do is get up and go. Well, and it, it, gym, it's also but... when you start to get, you start to hit some of those personal walls in life yeah. where you go, damn, why, why am I not stronger? Why am I not yeah. better? Why am I not faster? W- whatever. And none of those, uh, none of those things actually start to get any better until you start doing something to address it. Yeah. Um, and to me, I just picked out a couple of those things. You pick out a couple things and you just like keep those. It's almost like a mantra, right? You keep them in the back of your mind. Like, um, hey, I want to be able to carry X amount of gear, mm-hmm. uh, X amount of time and distance and be functional. Or I'll think about, you know, like what if I had to fireman's carry my wife, yeah. you know, X amount of distance in the event of an emergency? Yeah. I, I, I need to be able to do that, you know, or. I'd like to be able to run a mile in full kit at mm-hmm. a nine minute pace without dying and that's reasonable or feeling I mean, like i'm gonna die at the end yeah no nine minutes know? really shouldn't be that bad and if you have your i guess it depends when you, you like full kit you know so like plate carrier plate rifle, carrier helmet whatever i mean so not necessarily a f- are you talking about full ruck oh god no okay no my yeah. ruck my ruck run or ruck like that's airborne shuffle pace when i was in my prime was about 12 minutes okay 12 minute mile yeah, it definitely seems a like little like where you're more just shuffling. You know, I would yeah. never run in a ruck unless but, I absolutely my life depended on it. That would be putting awful yourself, for the shins. Putting yourself in the in the position to be successful and reach those goals, like working towards that, is a big thing. And we've both experienced, you know, training. Uh, I guess opportunities, training outings. I don't know what word I'm looking for here, but. Um, We've experienced training, right, where you you run into some things that are otherwise would be categorized as probably a minor annoyance, right? Yeah. And like, and it's here's the thing: is that everybody's going to deal with some of these things. Yeah. Heat, uh, the bugs, the humidity, bugs, the goddamn bugs. Last weekend, my uh, arms are still. Well, last weekend, up. or even the time that we got together to go uh, work CQB. At one of our buddies. Yeah, it was uh, even worse that night. Yeah, and no, was, I don't even think we used bug spray at all because we were nope. dumb. Nope, it had rained all night. Yep. Or, or sorry, it had rained all day. We were got there in the evening, yep. um, so it was super muggy. It was at that point, it was the hottest day we had had this summer. I think it was like a high of eighty nine or ninety, yeah. um, and it, it was just it was miserable. Once the sun went down too. Yeah, it was miserable. And here's the thing: you can either look at that and say, "Well, we're done. We'll wait till next month and we'll try it again." We'll wait till it cools down, even though in the wintertime we were going to say, we held off and we were going to say, wait till it heats up. And then when it was too hot, yep. you know. I mean, and it's a defeatist attitude. So eventually, yeah. if you look for, if you are only training in the most convenient Ideal. Of circumstances. Yeah. Ideal conditions. Yeah. You're, I mean, and it depends. If your group can get together every weekend, and I know some guys can, yeah. then skipping one or finding something alternative to, to, to work on rather than whatever you're doing outside, yeah. hey, we're all going to go inside and work on land navigation theory. Like, which is, uh, hey, dude, fuck yeah, if you can. Mm-hmm. Like, in my mind, that's just utilizing your time appropriately. But there is still, despite that, something to be said for being able to suck it up and deal with the bugs and deal with the heat and power through. Now, you can do some things to alleviate it, right? Better wardrobe choices, um, 
gear and stuff that fits correctly. Like all those things I feel like are in optimal conditions, the right thing to do. Um, but they make it that much more comfortable when you're in an austere environment, mm-hmm. like we're talking about here. <clears throat> but we run into things like bugs, especially here in Michigan. It gets, I mean, cause there's so much water, right? We're the great Lakes state. There's so much water. We get really, really bad mosquitoes basically from May through September. Yeah. Most of September, honestly, halfway through September, it's something you have to learn to deal with. Mm-hmm. Does it suck? Yeah, it's annoying. We went we went and did, a, I guess, a field training, right? And uh, we both, as soon as we made it to our first uh, checkpoint. Not even. You know, everybody rallied up and we're like, dude, I got to put on. I like, dropped Rook and threw yep. the long sleeves on right away. I yeah, regret, a quarter of the way into the walk, I regretted greatly wearing a t-shirt just because the only part of my body that was getting eaten up were my elbows and arms. Yeah. My forearms, you can even see like now, like I got yep. all of my elbows and forearms and stuff just completely bitten to hell by mosquitoes. And it wasn't and, even that hot at first. So we, I could have no. put on long sleeves and then been fine. Well, it wasn't even the heat. It was, I think it was the humidity. Yeah. It was very yeah the moisture in the air. And once we got out of the woods, you know, from off under the canopy and everything, it, middle of that field that we traversed through wasn't bad. Yeah. But once you get back to the tree line where the bugs are, then it picks back up. You know, and we came, we went and found a river, and the river was just, and that was horrendous. We only hung out there. You <laughs> we know. were there for about twenty five seconds. Yep, and I'm like, wow, hey, look, there's a river. Wow, this, this is like really bad. Let's like let's turn around and, and head back to where we dropped rock. Um, and and that's fine, but you could also like I feel like there's instances where people will look at some of this stuff and they'll just not even attempt it. Yep. You know, you'd have gotten it. I know we have people in that we've trained with before that would have looked at that and gone and, and just gotten pissy, yeah. I guess, moany, uh, bitchy is probably a good word for it because they were uh, inconvenienced. They were uncomfortable because of the conditions. Right. Um, I think there's something to be said for being able to like will yourself through those kind and it's, I mean, make no mistake. We understand this is a comfort thing. It's it's not like you're not in physical pain. Right. You're not, you know, uh, otherwise unable to even attempt or achieve your objective. It's a level of discomfort that we have to endure. Right. And it's nothing but mental. If you can get yourself to a place where you can just get past it, it's it's not hard. But we give up very easily. Um, and you see it with a lot of guys, I think, if we want to talk about social media for a second, guys where they just, they just, uh, they work the flat range, you know, they don't get out in the wood and I'll be the first one to bitch about getting in the woods. Like it's not my favorite thing to train on. Mm-hmm. And maybe that'll change as I do it more. I could be told I, I have not. So as of yet, it is probably one of my least favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll own that. I, I will. I don't care. I was basically born in the woods. So it's kind of, I thrive. It, it's interesting going back as an adult because I grew up basically until I was 16, 17 playing in the woods all the time year round. Um, yeah. And then coming back as an adult, it's, it's interesting. Seeing where I was born, we didn't, we, I mean, and you know where I live now, like, yeah. y- you know, there's at least a good half hour drive to get any, to anything even yep. resembling woods yep um did you see a tree growing up did i see a tree yeah um we had a uh, crab apple tree in our front yard (laughs) (laughs) that we planted ourselves yeah Uh, no i mean like city trees pine trees and stuff and neighbor's yards i'm just playing it It was yeah i mean i i grew up in suburbia you know we just didn't it just wasn't my thing and it's part of it is why I, i see the value in learning cqb skills 
because I, that's where I grew up and where I see application of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say you shouldn't be well-rounded. And I don't want to get into all of that. Mm, let's get into all that a little bit because I had to get that off well, my chest over no, the dude, weekend. Yeah. So when you see guys training in the woods, it doesn't just mean that they're only training to operate in the woods. It, or it, when it we, shouldn't mean that. It shouldn't mean that. Yeah. I mean, it for I was laying it out to you guys like, yeah, you live in suburbia. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't live in the woods either. I mean, I'm in a town. Yeah. Another guy in a group is close to me. Like, But the simple fact of us learning certain simple movement formations and nonverbal communication, I would love to put on full kit and rock around suburbia and train under nods with you guys. That'd be so much fun, but obviously that's not realistic. We can't do it. The woods is the place where you can go and do that without Mm -hmm. an issue. So you can train. It's just like the flat range. We're not taking cover every time we do a reload. We're training certain skills and they can be applied yeah, Later the on. fundamentals can be applied. I mean, the fundamentals of camouflage can be right. applied regardless of environment. Does yeah. that mean? And of course, I love throwing multicam on too. I mean, I was just going to say, multicam I was raising the infantry isn't always the answer, <laughs> despite what some guys would tell you. If yeah. you're in an urban environment, I'll throw a scrim on. Yeah. I'll put face paint on occasionally, and Oof. go go like do patrol based stuff in the woods. But it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily just because I'm in the woods have to apply to only field. Training. Right. Well, and unfortunately, and this is part of the issue, I think, with the community, too, though, is like people will look at some of the content and quote, I'll use air quotes here and say the information that's being put out there by some quote influencers is basically telling you that you should only operate within the woods. And um, if you try to operate in an urban environment, you're just going to die. Um, and yeah, and I'll, take me, my, I'll take my toddler and my wife, who's in her third trimester, yeah. out to the woods to go survive if anything bad happens. Yeah. And of course, that sounds like a great idea. Hope for the best. Yeah. yeah it's just when it's, when it's peak mosquito season. Well, and to me, that, that shows a lot of weakness um, from people who are, they've found their niche or their comfort zone, Yeah, which may be wooded areas or out, you know, off the grid and fine. Yeah. Um, I think I said it to you in a text, like... If you live in the Appalachians or in the Pacific Northwest, where you mm-hmm. and your group could literally go out and disappear, yeah, like that much open space, yeah, probably a good idea to go but and train not, fieldcraft. And, it's not a realistic, you know, in most situations, no, no. And we and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when I had Chris on, uh, Chris Dula talking about mm-hmm. you know uh, prepping and urban survival and things. It's just uh, not. It's not realistic for a lot of people yeah. now. Getting back to the the topic of <laughs> little, like little tangent. of you know uh, having mental toughness, <clears throat> I would say that there is a, a at least a piece of that that ties but ties into what we just said there, where it's like you need to understand that just because you are uncomfortable being in heavily populated areas, or adversely if you're not a country person and you don't know how you would do separated from civilization. Those are potentially the kinds of environments you should put yourself in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would know to at least some degree how you would react in those environments, those circumstances. Now, if you if one of these people who have like medically diagnosed, like super anxiety and you can't deal with crowds, like I would say you should find a way to deal with that because it's it's an opportunity for growth, but B, you're probably going to have to deal with it at some point. If mm-hmm. things were to ever, if if the world ever got to a point where we realistically would be enacting a lot of these skills that we're all training for. Mm-hmm. If we're just being real here, yes, things like where do you go to get food? The grocery store. What's going to be at the grocery store if that shit happens? A fuckload of people. Yeah. And if you're emotionally and you know mentally crippled 
because of your anxiety, then you're ineffective. Um, I don't know what I, there's not a nice way to say that, but deal with it, you know, find a way to deal with it, plan around it, bring somebody with you. I mean, you can hide in the car and play Tetris while they run in and do all the goon shit to get, you know, bacon and food. I would like to think a little but, bit of preparation too would alleviate your anxiety, knowing that you have this cushion of safety. Yeah. I feel like yeah. that would be a positive thing. There's this weird stigma around, oh, I have a bunch of food stored. Like, oh, you're crazy. Oh, you carry a tourniquet? What are you, are you insane? Yeah, that's... I, li- I literally got made fun of for carrying medical. <laughs> and I had to use an excuse of like, well, at work we use a saw. Was it... And there's no tourniquets in our eight kits me? at work. Was it because I made fun of you for your tourniquet? No, it was a family member. Oh, okay. But like, you're like you, it was. It wasn't really making fun of me. It was like, you carry a tourniquet. Oh, the shock! Like, are you crazy? Like, I just like to point out that when I did make fun of Josh, it was for his Snake Staff Systems like everyday carry tourniquet, uh-huh. which I just purchased one for myself. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, and it comes with a tactical chem light. It does come with a chem light. It is very tactical. Not yeah. really. They're cool. It's cool. I like them. So when you're talking about, you know, like mental toughness and. Like, what are your observations? Because I could, I've gone on and on yeah, yeah. about, on other podcasts about my observations and even what I see with high school aged kids, but it's, it's interesting seeing now I have perspective from before the military mm-hmm. in the military and now out being around different groups of people, like the preparedness, like our group that yeah. wants to train. And then my other friends that don't even want to, they want to mag dump into piles of trash. Well, that. Or they don't want to shoot their ammo. They just at want all. to hoard it. Yeah. For just in or case. Don't want to really go out in the woods. Even if I'm mentioning training, it's just like the inconvenience of like not being home and not going out and doing things. That's that I feel like has only been exacerbated by the events of the last couple of years. I would agree. You know, we are we've been conditioned, I think, to be very comfortable staying in our home. Yeah. And I get it. A like lot of it's spending money too. They don't just want to spend money. Well, I mean, I, I can't get I can't nice get a friend being, to buy a Kydex holster for the life of me. But being in the woods is free. Yeah, you can go spend six hours exercising is free in the too. woods. Exercise I'm training. Sure, I mean, gym membership. But like, there's you. You can do it for free. Yeah, um, we were out. That stupid saying. Probably PT four, is free. We were out for close to four hours, I think, and it didn't cost me Oop. a single cent. A little bit of gas. Yeah, which you would have spent if, going yeah, to buy regardless. alcohol or something. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is we find we find comfort in a lot of, I mean, just look at the news, right? We find yeah. comfort in substance abuse. Yeah. We find comfort in technology, in social media, like all the, and which are all linked heavily to depression and other medical issues. I mean, we got, I mean, the fentanyl crisis in this country is out of hand, obviously. I think everybody knows at least one person that's been lost to that. Yep. Um. And it's, and it, it's something that you you see more, I think, with younger people, more than anything. And I, a lot of it's technological. Like I said, a lot of the high school kids that I deal with, these kids are not ready for the world. Isolation, COVID, it, but just social media in general. Yes, yeah. it's, it's not not even a question. Well, it's because on social media, you, it's very easy to, and this is part of the problem in the shooting community too, right? Or the gun, I mean, whatever. You, I don't know what the fuck we call this, but is that you're able to just hit a block button and drown out any noise that is dissenting from your opinion and surround yourself by people that tell you whatever you want to hear, whether it's that, hey, the relationship you're in, the girlfriend you're with is a great person, and they're really not, or the political views that you have are 
the only views you should have, and they may not be. Yeah. Um, and they're and, and that's not to shit on one side of the aisle or the other, but we all know what I'm talking about here. You, if you're a Democrat, you only listen to your liberal friends, and vice versa if you're a conservative. And uh, you know, and your algorithms there to help. Well, not always. I mean, if you're pro two A, the algorithms not going to help you, but uh, you know, feed you the content that you want. You know, everything's handed to you. You don't have to go look for anything. Um, a lot of, har- I mean, hardship can't doesn't even have to be related to physical pain. I, th- I no. think it was, I think it was Lucas one time in a in one of his Q and A's or could have been a live that I watched. Um, T Rex Lucas, love him, yeah. or hate him. Uh, a good way, guys think are almost fantasizing a lot of the time of what what they're gonna do when it hits the fan when the end of the world happens or whatever. Yeah. One of the best ways you can prepare for a hard time is in the good times, day to day at work, problem solving. Mm-hmm. I mean, I work shipping and receiving <laughs> when I'm not in the national guard and there's constantly something wrong or just scheduling or something un- unexpected stuff showing up and having a multitask. It can be stressful. And then you have, project managers and whatnot that are trying to get on you because of course their project is the most important in whatever you're working on needs to be dropped and you have to learn stuff like that like just the what apply that to your everyday whatever job you work um simple problem solving and being able to just be flexible and i don't know i see these guys that are just like wasting away at a young age um just (laughs) with stress like they're nobody's gonna remember you in your job probably yeah, like you yeah. see people pass away and then their desks are filled the next week. Well, yeah. and it, it's it's just finding those things and and leveraging those opportunities uh to to grow. Yeah. Uh what like you said whether it's in the career field um or in the training realm, yeah. you know, any of it just it, I feel like it, it is we're starting to see a, an overall uh deterioration of people's character. And because here's a, that that lack of mental fortitude, I guess, is the phrase I'll use there. That energy has to go someplace else, and typically, then it turns into people lashing out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's the stuff we see with like you know. And it's funny because I'll make the jokes about the Karens and stuff and how they act at managers and things. But that's a realistic by like byproduct of a poor level of mental toughness of uh, a low tolerance for discomfort. You know, like, yes, you gave me the wrong mashed potatoes. I wanted garlic and you gave me cheesy. I don't fucking know. Whatever. So instead of trying to ruin some 17-year-old girl's evening over a mistake that was made in the kitchen where she doesn't even work, and I get that this is, like, kind of a lame example, but at least we all understand because we've probably all seen this at a restaurant before, Maybe just, oh, excuse me, flag her down, let her know I would like what I ordered, please, and swap it back. Like, it, it, it's not the end of the world. But to your point, people don't manage stress well. Yeah. We are in an age of instant gratification and immediate results. And we demand that in every facet of our life. And I think that's why some people in this space, honestly, before they even get to certain points in their training, will just decide that they're never going to do that. Yeah. Because they don't want to invest the time. Yeah. Oh, wow. I want to shoot well. Well, just as an FYI, I dry fire 20 minutes a day. I dry fire three hours a week or or whatever, right? 
well, I, I don't, I'm not going to find time in my day for that. I don't, you know, I'm just going to shoot when I go out with you guys. Yeah. Dude, you ain't going to get there. And then as a result of that, you have poor performance at the range. And then your, your answer is to lash out at people around you, yep. um, to, to make your ego the first thing that you engage. It's the first mechanism for you personally. You can't do that. Yep. You can't. Um, once the hard times hit, the days of training are pretty much over. Yeah, you, what you have uh, is what you have. Yeah, and a lot. I mean, you'll hear that analogy from lots of different instructors because it's kind of geared towards your your lowest skill level is sort of what you'll default to and under stress or. Oh yeah, we do not. I talk about this a lot with the kids I teach. You fall to your lowest level of preparation. That's really good. Yeah, I mean, on the music side of things, yeah, it's a you're big never deal. gonna. It's like I never played the guitar before. Sometimes during a in a stressful situation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's why you know at least with what I was doing and what I teach now. Um, people would ask me all the time, like when I was a performer, we would rehearse, what, five hours on Friday night, 14 on Saturday, so it's 19, and another five hours on Sunday. So 24 hours a weekend, and people, yeah. well, I don't understand. How long is your performance? Like, I don't know, five and a half, six minutes. Yeah. And they, why? It's like, well, and I've said this, I've also said this before, but uh, it's not that we need to get it right. It's that we need to not be able to get it wrong. Right. Um, there's that level of repeatability is what you're aiming for. And you are never going to rise to that level. You're never going to rising to the occasion is a fucking myth. Stress management is a skill. It is. Um, so we talk about the lowest uh, level of training, mm-hmm. musically, shooting, anything. 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 Your your stress management is also part of that, I think. So when we see guys it is. that are completely shutting down because they're too tired or the bugs are bad or you're getting rained on. Like, especially the tired one, that one gets me. Because, yeah, I mean, I I get tired. We all get tired. First year as a dad, oh, my God. Like, (laughs) nothing I experienced in the Army just about. Um, If if you can't even train or talk about what we're doing because you're too tired, buddy, I don't want to trust you to stand on watch while I'm going to be sleeping. Or, no. You know what I mean? Well, it's also, simple stuff like that. It's like, how much of this training are you retaining right now? Because yeah. You're, you're so tired. And it's like, well, I mean, A, everyone's tired. Like, we all have day jobs. I mean, it's, well, looking, I, I will say, looking at this from a civilian scope, where, like, when we get together <clears> to train, <throat> our group, we've all worked for the day. Mm-hmm. If, it's a, if it's a weeknight, if it's like a Friday night, a we've lot all of our training day. days have been work you know, nights, like, the, yeah. that we come home from work and go straight out and to meet maybe each it's, other. Maybe it's a Saturday, but. Yeah. Uh, regardless, you know, it's like, yeah, we're all tired. We all encounter a lot of those things. One of the things that we used to say, and again, I'll go back to my music career was when you get to that point where you feel like you want, not that you can't go on physically, but you reach that point of I'm tired. I'm uncomfortable. I just, I want to go home now. Everything after that is when you actually start getting better. Yep. You know, when you start pushing through that discomfort, when you start pushing past personal being able to turn that switch. And for me, a lot of it, that I found, especially in the military, is humor. When you're yeah. just all the way down, you smell like shit, everybody mm-hmm. smells like shit, you're dirty, you're cold, you might even be shivering, and you just look at your buddy, you're like, man, this yeah. fucking sucks, yeah. and, dude. But, but <laughs> and then you of, just start laughing. But one of the byproducts of that is those are the times that shared suffering yeah. is when you actually build those bonds with Some people. of the best memories I could, I'm going to die with, probably. Yeah. I mean... And people want to oh, go on and on. Yeah. And if people want to, you know, poo poo on the dis on, on being out there and like, Oh, it's shitty, rainy and uncomfortable and this and that. And I'm not saying you should only go out and train when it's in, you know, crap. Yeah. I mean, definitely go enjoy the good weather when you can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but 
there's if you're talking about how do you build a good team of guys or a good network of people, that shared suffering is you make jokes about it. You'll call back to it a year down the road. Hey, remember the time we went out and did this? And remember we got fucking rained on all day and, you know, somebody slid down the hill because uh, they lost their footing and you laugh about her. Or, or, so-and-so shit his pants and, like, whatever. Those are the kinds of things that bring people closer together. Yep. And at the time, it's fucking awful. Like, you were not exactly having fun. Yep. And that's okay. It's okay to acknowledge that it's not fun. As long as you're also acknowledging that there's a greater purpose being served. It's interesting here now and like here as in my perspective of being out of the military for the most part. And then just looking for guys to train with. um, It's a lot easier to just want to be done when you're like, first off, you have the dudes that end up coming out like they just show up. And that's already a big deal because I've got guys that just don't want to do it. So the fact that there's guys showing up is already a big deal. Um, the In the military, you can't really quit. I mean, you've seen no, the guys do at the away. beginning, and yeah. then you never see them again. But, like, your dumbass signed up that young. Like, I'm going to do this, and I know I, I have a good idea what it's going to be like. And then it's not anything like you thought it was going to be. Like, you, you're kind of stuck. And you've already, especially after basic training and whatnot, you, you have that resiliency where mm-hmm. you know you're going to be okay, and then you're able to smile and laugh well, it in changes those your shitty perspective times. you like you go through it and you suffer through it and you realize i'm stronger than yeah. that and your bar goes up and i think that's a really important i value that i was able to go through that the feeling mm-hmm. of like hey i'm just here and i gotta survive and get through it like you're gonna be okay i can't well, i can't get out of this situation that's what right we're talking now. about we are all inherently able to do a lot more than i think we, oh, we, yeah. we, we typically want to give ourselves credit for but we've gotten to the point now where we're so used to that, like... Well, it's so easy to just want to turn it off. In everyday yeah. life, you can just stop. Give I would up, just rather up. avoid it. Yep, go and straight to the comfort. a lifestyle of avoidance, unfortunately, while well, it can be good in, in some certain instances, like, yes, would I rather avoid a fight than go seek out a confrontation? 100%. E- yes. Uh, but a lifestyle of avoidance also leads to no lessons learned, nothing gained, right? Nothing ventured, nothing gained, all that. And... It is why I think we see what we see today. People are not willing to go out and, and maybe, that, maybe that's why you're looking for a training group. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it. Maybe you just need somebody to help you get over the hump and introduce you to how to be better about this <clears throat> stuff. And I don't think there's necessarily anything uh, bad about that. You know, like we all need help with certain things. Yeah. Maybe you're just more of a technically savvy person and you're great at gunsmithing, but it turns out when you get into the woods, you don't know which way is up. Yeah. Fine. That, I mean, that's why we talk a lot about having a well-rounded group. Um, but it also speaks, I think, to the importance of having the mental maturity to acknowledge that, like, if we want to get better at this, we're here to help each other. It's not, you know, Josh isn't being a dick to me by trying to make me go out in the woods and suffer through this. He just has already been through this. You know, like the the, the field exercise we did this weekend is a great example of it. And... Like, yep, I trust him. He knows it's not going to kill me, but I need to get through this, so we're going to do it. And, okay, I'll be better for it the next time around. It it won't be nearly as big of a deal. Um, And maybe that fear of the unknown is something that we just embrace a little bit too hard in today's society. It's the comfort thing, man. We're surrounded by comfort, and we train in a time of comfort where it's easy to just 
I, giving up is an easy word to use, but just choose to be done before you yeah. could. Like, fuck you, I'm going to go walk back to the car and not deal with this. Yeah. I'm going to go turn on the car and sit in the AC till yeah, you yeah. guys are done. And the situations that we're theoretically training for are situations that we can't just be done. We can't just quit when it's hard. Because it'll still be there. Yeah. That those circumstances, those bad events. Whatever like, whatever event or circumstance you want to throw in, stuff that has happened or stuff that could happen, whatever. Um, you're kind of in it. And if you're training with a group that you got to be in it with, if you're yeah. if you're just tapping out during the first con- inconvenience, that shows me, like, it makes me question how dedicated this person might be. And I'm not pointing specifically at people in our group. We're mostly mainly hy- hypothetical. I'm happy with our group. Yeah. Um, but it, it just stirring the conversation pot, if you will, of yeah. just getting guys to think about their own situation through some of our observations and experiences. Well, it, but it, but it's it's an issue all around. It, it really is, um, you know. And it's fine. And we ran into when we were building our group, you know. And and I keep coming back to this, not because this, you know, for clarity's sake, not because I think that the group that you and I have have formed together are a relatively small group of of friends and everything. Not because I think we've done it that much better than anybody else, but because so many people continue to have the questions of how do I build this group? How do I get it to X point? How do I address ABC issue? When we were trying to build this group and we went through and built a a rather large group chat, you know, there were individuals in the, I mean, and probably good human beings, not necessarily all good for what we were looking for in our group. You know, there were other considerations. Geography was a big, yeah. One. I was just going to say a big, a big thing that we realized is you got to invest with people that are close to you. And mm-hmm. what we found was more than an hour away is just not realistic. Yeah. Um, and it's not even that beneficial because you're not going to see them day to day, week to week, or even in, in, once a month. Yeah. It's so well, but then it's we also, good to make relationship. Like, I mean, I even met a dude on tax swap that's on the other side of the state and I follow each other on Instagram now. He's a cool dude. I wish we could train more, but starting out, I think you need that solid foundation of people that are cl- close to you, ideally in your immediate community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, also, I would say like this group that you and I built, not so much, but like we're still growing and we're still learning. But I think, but there you, is a group you need to look for that comparing to guys that don't have anything yet. I yeah. Think is, yeah. And you need to look for guys that have those same ideals, Yeah, you know, and that's not to say they have already been out training, but they have to be wanting to do the same things that you want. And they have to be willing to actually carry it through half assing. Some of this stuff is, it just isn't going to work. Like if you're only invested for six hours a month and the rest of the time you're, I don't know, planting flowers and going out drinking at the bar, mag dumping into trash, uh, or maybe just being a dad and like, and and not to diss on being a father, like I get it, life responsibilities. But if you're bad at mismanaging, if you're, if you're bad at managing your time, that's, that's a huge issue. And this is one of the things that when we talk about this comfort that we kind of inherently just fallen into as a society, like I hate the phrase, I haven't been able to find the time to do X, Y, Z. I don't have the time to dry fire. I don't have the time to work on my reloads. I don't have the time to set up my kit. You do. There are 24 hours in a day. And you know how I know you have the time? Because I have that same time. You don't need to find it. You already have it. What you're trying to say, and won't won't turn the phrase because it would be an indictment of your own shortcoming, is you have not properly utilized your time. So, You've chosen to fill that time with other comforts like drinking, lounging, whatever you have you. 
Fun fact, if you open your phone and go to your settings and look at your battery usage, nope. it'll show you the screen time you've had and the to. percentages <laughs> of what <laughs> apps were on the most. And oh, for God. me, it's 31% Instagram. I have screen on for six hours today. Nope, that was definitely all pooping, though. Yeah. I was only on the phone when I was on the toilet <laughs> for six uh, hours. Right under that, the most pr- other like top productive app, YouTube. Under that, Snapchat, mainly because of my wife. And then Spotify, while I'm in the car on the way in it home yeah. from work and to work but that's like i can't find the time turn your damn phone off and find the time yeah you know i mean that's it, that's to me too because i spend way too much time on my phone we all do yeah we all do technology has a grip on us and, and and there are benefits there's you i mean dude you can learn and i know you're gonna agree with me on this because you learned the same way i did on a lot of things is you can learn a shitload from watching youtube videos oh hell yeah i mean that's and, how, dude, and instagram that's how i learned how to play the guitar well a lot of guys wanted to shit on when Lucas was really becoming big with TRX Arms, right? Yeah. Oh, you can't learn how to do these things from YouTube. Like, well, maybe not completely, but you can get about 80% of the way there. You can learn a whole hell of a lot about yeah. safe gun handling, administrative skills. Just watching gear. people that are proficient in their manipulations and how they mouse yes. on the gun yes. is huge. Yeah, and a lot of the old school guys wanted to poo poo on that yeah. because it was like a gate. It ended up being kind of like a gatekeeping thing, but like you can, you're going to learn everything. I'm not saying that I'm saying you should definitely go seek out training shit. We are going next weekend as a group to go seek out. Can't training. Wait. Yeah. I it's going to be sick. Uh, but here's the thing like, and, and, and that's cool. If you're legitimately utilizing all that time on your phone for a hundred percent productivity, which I know isn't true, right? right? Like, <laughs> Like, hashtag cat memes, right? But, like, if you're being productive, that's fine. But if you're, I don't know, spending, would you say, six hours a day on your phone, cumulatively or something, that's right? so embarrassing thinking about so it. So, wouldn't like, you be better served if you reduced that even by an hour, and then that hour became time that you spent cleaning your guns, yeah. or dry firing, or going for a hike, practicing starting a fire, um, packing your ruck, Repacking how her day was. Yeah, forming connections with actual people. I mean, if the biggest relationship in your life is your fucking phone, goddamn that those people because those people exist. The ones that live in that that non-social bubble of you know zero human interaction. Those are some of the most comfortable people I think you'll ever run into, and that number is only going up with the development of technology. We're only seeing more of it. Yeah. I mean, dude, if I told you how some of these kids reacted when we took them out of their comfort zone for a week, took them up to band camp. I mean, fucking band camp, dude. <laughs> and like, just, hey, you have to get out of your cave slash your parents' basement and get out in the sunlight, <gasps> you know, for like an extended period of time. And you have to carry an instrument yeah. that weighs, and not a ton. Like, what is, when you, because I know as civilians, we have leeway over our gear. What you were in the military, what is the standard weight of a ruck? Um, uh, roughly. Yeah. So in basic training, when they're training you up, like the minimum, you don't go under 35 pounds. This is army. Okay. I know Randy almost shit himself when he heard me talk about this. Like he was like, Oh, we only did a minimum of 65 pound ruck. I'm like, okay, prop. So okay. Marines a little bit uh, different. I, I would question that, but you know, doing, doing, I've done that heavy mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, it changes once you get in the unit In basic training, they build you up small intervals, a 22 mile ruck and then a four mile, six yeah. mile, eight mile, 10 mile up to 12 or whatever. Uh, we would sit right around 45 okay. for PT on active duty. So once a, once a week, a Thursday was ruck day, we would do five or six miles. If we did five miles, we'd usually be running or 
like the, the airborne, airborne shuffle. We'd do like light poles or whatever. Um, and then six mile would be a variation, but I mean, my, my platoon and platoon sergeant was really big on, he was in the 82nd airborne. So all American, like they're all about running and cardio and jumping out of airplanes. So he was, he was really good. Um, so that was expected of us to be very good at rucking. So comparatively 40 pounds is what the heaviest equipment on our marching band field was. Yeah. I mean, that's some weight. I mean, it is. Was that the trombone? But what's that? Was that the trum or the no uh, quad drums? Oh, the big drums. drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which are, I mean, that's all on your shoulders and everything. Yeah, too, it's right? a, it's a. There's carriers that yeah. help spread out the weight and everything. But and the, we have kids that struggle with it every year. They sign up for it. They want to do it. Hey, and then when we get to team. camp, and you got to carry it for a whole three hours worth of rehearsal. God damn! And that's just one block of the day, right? Yeah. Well, now we have stands. Like, hey, if it's the part, the block of the day we're working on music, like we'll be nice, unless we have a reason not to be, and we'll let you put the drums on stands so you don't have to carry them. You can just focus on the music, but. You perform the show on the move. You got to carry the equipment. And there are kids by the end of the week. We had one this year. This kid just hit his wall. He just, and he started lashing out and he yeah. started, you know, getting an attitude and everything. And I get it. But like, you knew for, I mean, we gave you the drums. Like, you got your spot in like May and band camp is in August. So you had roughly 90 days of taking this equipment home where you could have built yourself up to be able to go for three hours at a time. We don't go for longer than three hours because they have meal breaks in between. So all you got to do is make it three hours and we give you water breaks in between. It's not a constant three hours, but you could have built yourself up and these kids, they just don't, you know, and it's, and it's not unique to this year. Every year it's usually that instrument, whatever. Uh, and they're just not used. Oh I'm, oh, I'm outside. I'm sweating. Yeah, this is un, this is a little bit uncomfortable for you. Yeah, I'm dehydrated. Are you drinking water? Like, oh, I don't like water. I've dealt with that before with kids. And you have to try and deal with these things in ways that's going to get the message across. You know, so sometimes yelling doesn't work. Um, sometimes you make them run if they're like a really fit individual. Mm-hmm. Running doesn't do anything to them. So you got to start playing like psychological Can't games. Can't smoke a rock. You gotta, so like, I know the one year I had a kid and he was a, he was in a leadership role, um, who refused to bring water. Oh, right on. Um, (laughs) mind you. Yeah. 80 degree weather. We're out there in direct sunlight. He's everyone's sweating. This reason, the big fashion. This wasn't the energy drink kid. Was it? It was what? This wasn't the energy drink kid. Was it? No. Okay. No. Um, this kid, it was a big fashion thing for them to wear like knit watch caps hanging off the back of their head. Oh no. So for those of you guys that are non-science majors out there. Uh, the top of your head is where you lose a lot of body heat. Yep. Um, and in the summer, if you are wearing a knit cap over the top of that, it's going to cause some issues. So this individual never brought water. You know, hey, everybody, hurry up and grab some water. And he's just standing there drinking a fucking Arnold Palmer. And I go, hey, where's your water? And he just looks at me. I go, where the fuck? I didn't think I said, where the fuck? But I said, where the hell is your water? To and he's child. like, I don't have where the it. Fuck? And I go, why not? And he goes, I don't like water. So at this point, we're already halfway through the week. I knew making him run was going to do anything. So I, mean, I was like, probably make him pass out because he's dehydrated. Well, he's not going to listen to me, but he right. might listen to his friends. Yeah. So I looked around and said, hey, everybody, let's all take two laps, except for this kid. You know, he's going to sit here with me. Everybody else do two laps. And I sat there and gave him a little like mini lecture on why he needs to have water. A, because it's part of the rules. B, because what happens when you get dehydrated, as everybody's coming back, we get most of the group back, I say, now everybody, say thank you for that run. And he's just sitting there like, 
great. Now my friends are all pissed at me because they just had to run and get more tired because I wouldn't do what I had to do. So it's just, it's some of these things you got to kind of like approach it somewhat delicately, but like, that's, that's what we deal with, you know, is kids. Oh, well, I just don't like water. So I'm not going to bring water. Like, did you, it's not a choice. It's actually part of the required equipment for rehearsal is water, a hat, and if you need sunblock, seriously, because we have kids that go out there, they'll get, you know, sun poisoning and everything because they're just, we have to make, hey, you have a hat? Yeah, we'll put it on. Well, I don't want to. I don't care. I ain't ask you. I said, go put it on. Like, it is 90 plus degrees out here. You know, you told me yesterday you were feeling woozy and shit. Like, you don't get to just do this. Like, go ahead, put it on. You're going to make it through today. I'm not going to let you get sick so you can go sit out. It, it It's a... It's actually kind of an interesting study on where we're at with kids these days. Man, I feel old saying that out loud. You do sound old. I do sound old, yep. yeah. For only being in my mid-30s, I sound very old. But that's where... some PTSD with that corrective training story. It's yeah, I mean, like, you do what you gotta do. Aneurysms, thinking of all the times. Well, I mean, you can't... <laughs> you guys, but in the military, you guys had corporal punishment. Yeah. We don't get to do that Just in mass, the... Mass pain. Yeah, I mean, because of one person messing up. Yeah, we weren't. I mean, and sometimes we try to do something that is vaguely alluded to, like that. I typically reserve that for a safety-related stuff. Oh, like, hundred percent. Hey, you went on, like in a drill or something. In drill, you go on. Well, hey, if you keep going, the person in front of you follows directions and doesn't, and you smoke them. I mean, I've seen people have to get stitches. I've seen yep. teeth knocked out. I've seen people knocked unconscious. Jeez. Like, you can get fairly hurt fairly easily uh you know so when it's that kind of thing and it's just a laziness not following directions then it's okay everybody do some push-ups or something but we really don't have that as an option so you have to get kind of creative with how what's going to motivate the individual to be more engaged and to be better about some things um kind of difficult from an instructorial standpoint i'll say is that a word instructorial um but you know, it's what you have to deal with. And kids have only gotten softer. I was actually told uh, at one point right before COVID ended, uh, or before COVID started, I'm sorry, um, I was no longer allowed to make the kids run because we were getting less kids that wanted to join the section because the other section said it didn't look like they were having fun at camp. I was like, well, it was pretty fun when we, you know, schooled everybody at the competitions later on in the season. And you don't remember, like, the actual moment of the suffering it's almost just a funny story later. Like I right. had to do dumb shit when I was, you know, Oh, Hey, remember that time we ran for all this? We laugh about it now. I mean, granted it was 20 years ago, but yeah, you don't forget the good feeling that comes from being well conditioned and well prepared. And like, I always felt proud of it. I was like, fuck yeah, we did that. Oh, but you guys, it's because you got in trouble. Like I made it through it. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like a character thing. I feel yeah, like this, 100% is, you know, like you, you kind of have to want it. You, you have to want to yeah. be better at whatever you're doing. Um, there, yeah. There's a certain amount, like I could, I could try to motivate somebody all I want to, but if they don't want it, they're not going to get it. Yeah. You can't force. You know? Now I like, I like showing, like motivating by, by doing demonstrating, yeah, or... showing that it's possible or whatever. Like I wouldn't be going to the gym as much as I am right now if it wasn't for my brother. I'll just say it. Like, I have a real problem with personal motivation and having him back in, in between school. Like, it's it helps. It's, it's motivating me, showing how, 
how driven he is. Um, and I yesterday flat out was just like pulling in the gym with him, like, man, I do not, I'm not feeling it right now. And yeah. uh, he's like, let's get after it. And we did. Do you find that it's easier after like the first like 10, 15 minutes? Like once oh, you, just get, yeah. you just have to get there. Yeah. Cause that's once I'm there, I'm not just going to bullshit and have a shitty workout. Like, yeah. The, the first step we'll is the hardest. It. The first part's the hardest. And you hear that quite a bit. Like just, just get there. And I think you should. And I'm working on myself cause he's only, he's, there's two nights a week that he's not home. He's not home tonight. Like yeah. I need to work on myself to get my motivation, to get my ass in there and do it. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a really, it's, I think it's great if you can have a buddy or a sibling to go and work out with or train with, or if I had him to dry fire with me, I'd be dry firing a lot more too. Yeah. It's, and then you can bounce off ideas. It's cool. Um, he's about to turn 21. So concealed carry being legally allowed to buy a pistol in Michigan is all a possibility. So we're hitting the flat range more. And I mean, laying up the basics to him was a great refresher to me. And I had the best focused range day in the last six months over the weekend. Um, just doing low round count, basic manipulations and and that's the kind drills. of stuff that can be really uh, helpful. Yeah. Uh, but I find sometimes when you, when when going back to the, I guess we use the word rudimentary or fundamental training, yeah. some people kind of scoff at that. They kind of like, well, you know, we're just doing you know one reload one or uh, like a ready up drill or something, so it's somehow less serious. Um, because it's more simplistic in nature. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's an, again, that's maybe that's a coping mechanism. You just see like the jokes come out and the stupid shit comes out. You usually see the judgmental people are the ones that aren't getting after it as much as you are too. Yeah. I feel yeah. like most experienced people is, I mean, you see lifters or like guys that are very fit or really good shooters. Mm-hmm. If they see you actually out there with a shot timer or getting after it at whatever workout you're doing, they're going to be like, hell yeah, man. That's what's yeah. up. People that aren't in the gym or that aren't going to the range very often, maybe once or twice a year. Yeah. that's. I feel like that's where you see a lot more of the because they don't, coming from. Yeah, they don't have the context to apply to it to understand how difficult what you're doing yeah. really is. Um, or the value. that I mean, something as fundamentally basic as just presenting your sights and putting one round on target not drawn from a holster not anything crazy not anything flashy but like just understanding yep i understand what you're working on i know why you're working on it Uh, you know and honestly that sometimes you might even get people to to help you i I did at my local range years ago and a guy who's a former marine firearms instructor when i was sitting there just struggling trying to mm-hmm. figure out uh my trigger pull and my grip with my at the time i was shooting my m&p yep. and he like here you know drop your finger down to the bottom of the trigger okay now try doing just the fingertip instead of the pad of your finger because yep. i have super long fingers and i'll never forget because that's when i actually started hitting what i was aiming at yep. um and understanding also that like it's just because somebody can do something does not always mean they're going to be a great teacher but also that it's not the same answer for everyone with a lot of these things, you know? So, and you just have to deal with it. Like, yeah, I suck at shooting. I could either quit going because I have a bad time because I missed the target, or I can keep going back and keep trying something different until eventually I get that like aha moment. And then things start to get better. You start to enjoy it more and then you end up 
hosting a podcast with your friends talking about all this shit. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we talk about, hey, if you're a, a beginner, if you're a beginner shooter, you don't have a buddy to come lay it out for you or help you out. Mm-hmm. What do we recommend? Go take a class, take an introductory class. Yeah. Vet your instructor, but like chances are majority of beginner classes are all pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you'll get good information if you go to a beginner's fundamentals class. I think in the gym, what I see from uh, people is that they might not know exactly where to start, especially getting into lifting. It's important to have somebody watch you or lay it out for you because you can really hurt yourself. And I if, have. Yeah, it's I dangerous, man. I did too. My, oh, my recruiter, the first time I did a deadlift was in my recruiter's office, and they did not show me any kind of form at all, and they started me off in body weight. And they told you, just do 10. Just pick it up and put it down. My back, I I felt my vertebrae like <laughs> twist. Doing goofy shit. Yeah, yeah, goofy shit on the final rep. Like, I really hurt. For like two weeks, I hurt myself. So, like, cool. That's fucking awesome. But <laughs> I was fortunate in the military, like, incredibly fit individuals that work on themselves regularly, but also devote a lot of their time into working on other soldiers, mm-hmm. people, investing their time. Some of the most motivating people I've ever met were so selfless in that instance where they were tip of the standard, like picture perfect at pretty much everything army related. But then they also were helping me become like build me up and well, build up people around. And me. That's also another great example of why you should never want to be the best. I use that term loosely, but like the best individual in your group. It's like yeah. that saying, like, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I feel room. like that's closed-minded in a way. Well, you you just, like, you kind of want to be surrounded by people that are going to able to help lift you up. Yeah. You know? Um, and maybe it's different for everybody. You know, everyone has their own set. Of, ideally, yeah. everyone in your group will have, and we, we look at this a lot from a context of a civilian training standpoint, but we're civilians in a training group, so I guess deal with it. But yeah. <clears throat> that's the importance of having good folks around you, you know? Like... Don't just have a bunch of schlubs like that are just available. Yeah. If they're available and not part of a training group already, there may be a reason why. Yeah. They may have been shunned by everybody else. Just understand that. Now, that's not to say that anybody you come across doesn't currently train because I think the five of us, when we got together, we weren't working with anybody at the time. We didn't have anybody we like actively got together and worked with. So right. not always the, the rule, but just understand that if somebody's – it's kind of like uh, – the job market you're looking to hire employees right there's a reason why they're not currently employed maybe a good reason maybe a bad reason but there's a reason so be aware of those things and yeah circling back around so like if i don't have the resources or somebody to show me the way like to shoot fundamentals take a class for it yeah i think it's really important to spend a little bit of money on a personal trainer to Mm -hmm. one have a routine and somebody expecting you to come in if you're like me and you have problems with motivation and just getting your ass in there. Yep. But then having somebody who's very fit, I, I worked with a personal trainer leading up to going to basic training. I lost about 20 pounds in the six months of my process of joining. Um, towards the end, it was not healthy because I basically started to starve myself so I could leave for basic training on time oh, like the last month or two. It yeah. was really bad because then I killed a lot of my muscle mass and I was just dying throughout pretty much all of basic training. Um, anyways, but personal trainer is huge and depending on your gym and whatnot, like the YMCA, it was a, a lot of people will start careers there. Like yeah. young, young guys maybe don't even have their degree in personal training or maybe they're just starting out and you can get good fit dudes that know, especially with lifting. I think it's really important that guys get out there and just put, pick heavy shit up and put it back down. 
Um, it's a, people think <laughs> yeah. it's just going to bulk you up and make you a meathead. No, like it's a good way to lose weight too. I think if you're just doing only cardio, it's not. Your yeah. body's going to get used to that, and you're not actually going to lose as much as you, you think you are. I mean, but you actually don't... tearing your muscles apart, eating good and clean and hydrating a lot, and going mm-hmm. to sleep on an empty stomach, letting your body heal itself, is actually, for my metabolism, everybody's different. That's actually the way I've seen myself improve the most, was more lifting with a little bit of cardio instead of just cardio, cardio, cardio. Well, and Regardless, I just mean... don't want to end up as a big, gigantic, bulky meathead. Yeah, whatever, I mean... Yeah, then then don't. I feel like that's a... That's a I mean, just society thing too. I feel like you're yeah, big I mean, just, and strong if you, muscles. If you see yourself getting super huge, like rock on, dude. Tone it down. I mean, if that's <laughs> not what you want. Run. A lot of. I mean, we had dudes in the army that could not pass height and weight because they were so muscular. It was really funny. They'd actually yeah. would come across as obese to the army, and they would get flagged because of how huge they were. Usually, it's the thick neck that saves them when they got their tape done like they went to get measured that's how you get out of being too fat is you have to get measured right yeah um but then like these dudes that are absolutely massive like they really hurt with the mm-hmm. the run on the pt test well so, that's like, for a, see... a prepared mindset <laughs> prepared mindset see what you did. as involuntary but you should be able to run around at least in kit i would say it start with a mile if you can't do a mile get to a mile get really comfortable on a mile i don't see too much personally uh worth in running lots of miles in one workout i would do two and i like to do i'm not well, there right now but i would like to do three good. i would do three miles and i usually wouldn't go over that i could cardio's do five good but, for you but cardio is not how you're going to lose weight that's what i think a lot of no people, it's an endurance and just cardiovascular i mean yeah. you're, you're good I think, that, well, if you're great in cardiovascular people, everything else is easier a lot of people myself included like when i first started i was like i'm just going to do cardio because i just want to lose weight yeah that's what everybody and, thinks it's not no. like your your metabolism burns like two to three times longer from weightlifting yep. than it does from any of your cardio. Not to say you shouldn't do cardio because you definitely yeah. should. Sprinkle um, it in. You should, you know. If you're really heavy too, easy on the running because you'll destroy your joints and your knees. Yes. There's other there's other ways to do cardio. I love swimming. Uh, the the row machine, stair machine, yep. elliptical. elliptical is a really elliptical good takes one. a lot of the impact off your knees. Really heavy cardio is going to make you want to stress eat, though. At least for my my greedy ass, I don't have as much self control, and I'll find myself wanting to get those midnight snacks, and then like it's bad. Yes. So I also struggle with that at times. Yeah. yeah. So you got it's the balance of hydration, balanced good meals, mm-hmm. and then the right workouts. Because when I do too much cardio, I end up stress eating, and yeah. I feel yeah, I lost two pounds in two days, and then I'm four pounds heavier by the weekend you know right, what i mean right so but to bring it full circle here yeah. you know i think that there's they're just you need to have a healthy commitment to an amount of discomfort yep. um you need to have an honest conversation with yourself about your shortcomings and your areas of opportunity i think that's a good way of, of a good good turn of the phrase yeah. is what are your areas of opportunity you know you want to put everything in a positive spin instead of being, you know, personally negative, what, not, what am I bad at, but where can I be better? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you need to have an honest conversation. Okay. Am I fit enough to do things I want to do? Am I in a strong enough mental state to endure staying outside for three days? If I had to, I, whatever the case is, mm-hmm. um, but seek those things out, you know, it's just like seeking out instructors for things you don't know anything about. It just, it, it's almost a point of perspective in, in some regard. Um, so a hundred percent think that, if, I mean, if you're somebody listening to this, like, I hope you pull that out of this conversation is that a lot of it's perspective based, but being like, you can be as good at this or as bad at this as you want to, 
depending on what you're willing to put into it. Um, and to an extent, what you're willing to take out of it, um, it's kind of like your body. Your mind is kind of like your body and that, you know, you, whatever you feed it is kind of what drives what, what you get. So if you fill it with crap, like even in this industry, there are tons of influencers who are not worth a shit. Um, they'll tell you all day long what they are. They'll tell you that they have all the right answers. They'll tell you that whatever you're doing is wrong because it's not what they're doing. And there might be some truth to that. Um, but if you're looking out and, and searching out for good information from good people that are actual teachers and nurturers in the mental sense, you will get positive things out of this. Not to say there won't be physical, maybe some mental suffering that comes with it, but you'll see the growth you want. So just take that for whatever it's worth. Um, and don't be afraid to ask the questions. Don't be afraid to question what's going on. Hey, this guy I follow or this person that's very popular online is doing this. And this doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. Ask the question, you know, you hear a lot, invest in yourself, invest in your capability and your strength and your fitness. I've been finding motivation recently to think about it as I'm investing in my family. Yeah. In my day to day feeling more accomplished, getting stuff done. Um, oh yeah, this all bleeds over into your normal it life. It bleeds over to everything. And then yeah. if you're talking about capability, your dry fire, which I need to get back onto, um, your fitness, your mindset, you're investing in your group too. So you have guys that are depending on you to invest in yeah. yourself. Yes, it's yourself, but you're investing in your group and your people. It's the commitment you made to you're those people. You're investing in everything. Yeah. And I think it's really, really important because if you see a guy who's just going to the bar all the time and not working out and you might be investing in yourself and another guy in your group, you're both losing weight and you see this one dude just not getting better. Yeah. Um, That's a problem. To have those hard conversations. Yeah. I and, mean, and dig into that. There's a way to do it, but they're hard, com- they're, they're uncomfortable conversations for a reason. You know, yeah. if it feels like it's not easy, if it feels uncomfortable, then that's probably a good Get it thing. Out and, now while times are still good. Yeah. Don't, don't wait until it causes, you know, there's a larger causation for the conversation. Like somebody gets hurt at a training exercise or something because, you know, somebody was not mentally tough enough to get through things, yeah. um, not mentally tough enough to remember to put their gun on safe when they're running around or you're doing buddy carries and he drops somebody and they, you know, break an ankle because of how they landers. I, I mean, I don't know anything, yeah. but definitely address those things. But at any rate, I hope this is, I hope you guys understand what we're getting at here and why we are talking about it, you know. Um, I feel like it's really easy to gloss over some of this more, uh, I guess, philosophical stuff, you know, Yeah. Um, and focus on the gear and focus on shooting. And that's cool. It's badass. We love, we love the gear. Yeah, love the gear. <laughs> um, but I, I do enjoy talking about this stuff sometimes. I, I feel like sometimes a lot of people don't feel like hearing it and, oh, well, <laughs> but it, it's like truly it's the thing. It's the conversations you need to have because just like some of the skills we talk about having this mental toughness that we we just spent the last hour, you know, getting into or whatever, that'll do so much more for you than the best kit will. So, uh, whether you're listening to this and you're rolling your eyes and if you are, you know, they probably I mean, didn't make it this far if they were. Yeah. I don't, I'm probably right. <laughs> um, or if you're listening to this and you're questioning whether you have that issue, you probably do to some extent and do something about it. You know, this that's not like a, that's not, me that's not attacking you it's just do something about it you know make the change and be the you that you want to see um 
So I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed this. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. I think it's going to be really, really cool. Uh, some really awesome guests. Uh, obviously, I think you know I'm really looking forward to the the HTA Range Day event in Pennsylvania. Um, so shout out to to Dylan and the guys putting that on. If you guys are in the Pennsylvania area, go check out HTA underscore Range underscore Day. I think it is on Instagram. I think there's still some course openings if you want to come out. Uh, it's really affordable. You can meet the team from Prepared Mindset, or at least most of us, and check everything out there. And it's gonna be a really really good time. But that's all I got for you guys this week. This is our episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and hearing what we have to say. Um, but until next week, that's all from Josh and I. Until next time around here, get out there, hit the range, make yourself a little more uncomfortable. And like we always say here, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared. Be prepared.